Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Welcome to Listen Now, the podcast where we go through the most important and rockinest albums of all time. This season we're focusing on albums from the 1980s. I'm your host Matt Stewart. And with me, as always, is my co-host Sam Tonkin. Welcome, Sam. Hello, hello. So good to see you, IRL, in real life. Yes, it's been it's been a pretty wild year, twenty twenty. So we we were doing these weekly when we started, <laughs> and then COVID nineteen came along and made things a bit trickier. Uh, and we hit all sorts of issues was, behind the scenes. There was many, many issues. Not, the last episode we recorded three or four times yep. before we finally got it out. Uh, yeah, but um, it is good to be able to do it back in the studio. And yeah, I'm pretty confident this will be a one and done type scenario. I hope so, because uh, doing it three times like last time was painful it was yeah it was it was funny like having the same conversation in parts like yeah. and sort yeah. of pretending it was for the first time yes. yeah it was it was it was like a yeah fever dream yeah it was a really annoying uh groundhog day <laughs> of just like oh yeah oh here's a letter that we haven't read yet before ever <laughs> I'm, I'm glad it was an album that we both really liked yeah <laughs> which most of them have been to some extent i suppose yeah uh, this week we're talking about the Smiths' 1985 album, Meat is Murder, which was voted as the 13th most popular 80s rock album by our listeners. Um, if you want to know what next week's album is, listen all the way to the end. Uh, after the outro, I'll give you a, some sort of cryptic clue. It won't be cryptic. It won't be cryptic. I've just, be... Been giving, I've just been telling people <laughs> the first lyric of the album so they can look it up if they want to. Love it. Uh, what was your relationship with the Smiths growing up, Sam? I honestly don't even think I heard of them until, uh, I was in my late teens. Yeah, right. I'd heard the name Morrissey before. It didn't mean anything to me. And then, uh, someone told me it was the theme song for Charmed. I'm like, oh, oh I, have, yes. I know that song, but that's a cover of their songs. So I didn't know. Is so, that a cover? I always assumed that was the original, but yeah, I can't no, I'm, picture well, I'm pretty now. sure it's a cover. Yeah, right. Mm. No, I, I We're all that. about accurate facts. Accurate facts, not inaccurate facts. Not uh, alternative facts, as he who shall not be named calls them. Um, but basically I had... Voldemort. <laughs> Sorry, what? Voldemort. Voldemort. The guy Voldemort. from the Harry Potter guy. I mean, basically, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I no relationship, pretty much, at all. I, th- I reckon I'm not too far off. That would would have been one of the first songs of theirs I would have heard, and yeah. I didn't even really watch Charmed. But no, I didn't watch Charmed. I just <laughs> knew it because it would come on after. I have some a feeling TV it show. is the original, but oh. um, I, I I I couldn't tell you that for sure. But I think I'm just looking at the Wikipedia page for the Charmed soundtrack. Great uh, website if you haven't heard of that oh, one before, it opens, actually. Oh, it opens with a Smash Mouth song called Hot, which I haven't heard of. Amazing. Jeez, all, a lot of Smash bands Mouth. Bands from back in the day. <laughs> Third Eyed Blind, Gold Frap, Stereophonics. Oh, wow. Vanessa Carlton. Thousand Miles? Uh, Rinse. Mm, unfamiliar. It's got the Flaming Lips' Do You Realise. Great song. But it, it is, you're right, it's Love Split Love play How Soon Is Now. Is that on the list of shite band names? Because that is... a long list. That's... Is, and it only grows every day. But, yeah, okay. So um, I remember the first time really being aware of them, I was uh, dating an English woman at uni and she was some sort of a fan or she found Morrissey very funny. She used to impersonate him a bit. I can't fully like, remember, but I, she talked about him a lot. Like funny ha-ha or funny uh, because he was a... Is a interesting. Um, no, human. I think just a fu- like funny, just a, an odd 
human. Gotcha. You know, gotcha, funny. Gotcha. Like she found him amusing. Yes. In general, because I've I've watched some clips and he's he's a dry dry right. man. Okay. Yeah. I don't think she, I don't think she found him hilarious, <laughs> but she found him hilarious. She <laughs> the idea of him. <laughs> uh, yeah. So and then well, I mean, what were their big hits? So they. I don't know. That's none the of thing. them are on this album. I didn't. I yeah, didn't recognize any of the songs. Not, on this and album. this is this is the first album I think that we've done that I recognized nothing. There is a light that never goes out. That's the song I knew. This charming man and how soon is now? They're the three most played on a Spotify, we... and they're also the three that I knew before listening to this album. Do you want to hear we... some of them? Yeah, give us a little clip of them, and I will see if I actually recognize. Okay. Them or not. Well, the firstly, how soon is now is the charmed one. Yeah. Which is great. I was reading an article, the guitarist, I can't remember his name, is it Johnny Marr? Johnny Marr, yeah. They ask him how he made this noise at the start and he explained like how they were dubbing it and all that, but that sliding noise, he can't remember how he did it. Ah. And he's like, it's the absolute bane of my existence <laughs> and I regret not writing it down every single day of my life. That's so funny. Uh, There's a Grinder Man song called... Heathen Child, and it's a similar thing where Warren Ellis can't remember how he made the sound. It's oh. this cool, chunky guitar sound that I think is played in reverse or something, and they're not really sure how he did it. <laughs> I think that's a true story. But yeah, this is, this is a cool song. Mm-hmm. How can you say? Oh, it's so good to be able to sing along in time, knowing that you don't have to... Sync it. I, have to, <laughs> I was having to sync it up later with Sam's. Yeah, it was, you had to sync my recording with your recording and then the music over the top of all of it. Not ideal. So that's hence, the, the, uh, hence the accidental lengthy break. That is a great guitar sound. That's the that's third cool. most played on Spotify. Second most played is This Charming Man. <laughs> There's a boppier f- bit of fun. Sort of. Sweet oh, I line. think I do know this one. I can turn it up a little bit. This, like, their music literally sounds like an English beach. Like, (laughs) the music is really beachy, but then you have, like, the most English noise come over the top of it. You picture Morrissey on the beach? Yeah, head to toe in black. (laughs) Yeah, right. And Sonny's. He's so smart. But he's just, like, standing there looking at the beach. Somehow everything's in black and white. I don't know. That's the vibe I'm getting. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's just some. It's the kind of music that I, I never. I've just never really given it a great chance. It's it's a while, a while away from mm. what I naturally like to listen to. Yeah. But the more I listen to it, the more I'm sort of I'm I'm, I'm getting it more and more. But this song I've liked for quite a while. Yeah. Okay. That's just a, just a bit of fun. And then the most played one is There's a Light That Never Goes Out. And I think I first heard this when it was like a like a version on a Triple ah, J. So cool. Triple J in Australia. Uh, it's like the youth radio station and it... Um, <laughs> the on, youth radio station. That, that's what they call it, isn't <laughs> it? No, but that just made you sound so old. <laughs> well, I am so old. And they so they would uh, do get a band in to cover a song every Friday, I think. Yeah. And uh, they still do. And, um, yeah, I can't remember who it was, but I'm pretty sure this was one of those. This is, uh, this is cracking tunes, I reckon. Sort of Matt's having a little dance along in the studio. Well, this is what my ex-girlfriend used to. She, whenever a Morrissey song came on, she just sort of flutter her hands in the air. <laughs> flutter your hands in the air like you just don't care. I found it funny. I never really understood it, but I guess that's maybe that's how he dances or something. I don't know. Does he dance? I picture Morrissey as Sways. comfortable dancing yeah. as he would be on the beach. <laughs> I don't know if I know this one. Well, yeah, it, it changes a bit in the chorus. Let's get oh. I feel like singing along to The Smiths is like singing along to... Driving yeah, like, like Blink-182. Like, you have to put the voice on. <laughs> Accurate. This bit this is where it changes up a bit. You might recognise. And it's a double decker bus. 
crashes into us. I'm filming this. To die by your side as to heaven and where to die. And if it's I'll post that cheeky clip on our uh, socials later this week. Yeah, anyway, so it's... <laughs> but it's fun, though. It's like yeah, good... no, 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 there's something about it. I don't know. It's, it's weird. It's really gloomy and sad sounding. <laughs> like, that's what I mean. Standing on a beach, but, like, sad. Yeah, I don't know. English. Yeah. English beach. I feel it does feel very Pebbles. English, doesn't it? Pebbles, not sand. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. What do they call? What do they call those beaches? Pebble Beach. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> is that a, that's is, a is golf there course a... in America? I think Pebble is Beach. Uh, well, there's a word Pebble for it. Doesn't beach, matter. Far away inside. Do we always Pebble get beach. so easily distracted? Yes. <laughs> what do they call Pebble Beaches? I really hope it's Pebble Beaches in England. Are they only pebble beaches over there or is, do they have, if you're from England, who's our English listeners? Paul Mello, Mello, get back to us. Wow, that's a very, Shingle Beach. Shingle Beach. Isn't shingles like adult chicken pox? Yes. That's what, that's where you get them from. <laughs> English beaches. <laughs> Shingle Beach. Excellent. Again, with the, the alternative facts. Uh why, Tune in for our news update about? later. I don't know. The Smiths. Oh, yes. The Smiths. Sad beaches. So, yeah. So we both had very, not a lot to do with them growing up. Not and a was, whole lot. Yeah. Only sort of in my adult life have I started to know them a little bit. Mm. Uh, good friend Dave Warnicky, who I do another podcast Might have heard with, of him. Do go on. He uh, is a big fan. It's oh, is he? His, one of his favorite bands. We heard sure. from him about The Clash, who is another one of his yeah. favorite bands. Yeah. Oh. Dang. Did he vote for all of these albums? Uh, yeah, these are definitely, he, when I told him it was coming up, um, he, he's like, you've got very cool listeners. <laughs> uh, I, I, I messaged him to see if he wanted to, um, call in and have a chat about it. And he said, sorry, mate, I'm at Ikea. People everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I'll ask him, any, I'll say any, any brief review for me to pass on. And if you're out and about at Ikea people... Make sure you wash your hands. Make sure you wear a mask. We're trying to get through this bullshit. Also, RIP to South Australia. In. Sorry, guys. We've Wait, no, that, that's all done. That'll be done by the time this episode comes out. Probably. Someday it's cut again. That's a killer. Like, anyway, I mean, this is this podcast is forever, Sam. Stop dating it to this moment sorry. in time, which will be out of date by the time it comes out <laughs> in a day and a half. <laughs> oh, you just dated it now. Damn it. Oh, fuck. So, uh, did you you were putting together uh, some bios this season? What mm-hmm. uh, have you done? A bit of research into the into the Smythes, the Smiths, the Smythes, the Smith Hayes. Um, yeah, they like usually. There's a lot of like cool stories behind like the way bands meet and stuff. But I don't know. This was like a pretty average. I, two people met. And now they're in a band. Are they the the main the two key members? Yeah. So uh, Morrissey. What's Morrissey's full name? Oh, I had it here just before, and he like refuses. He made the decision like before they were even releasing albums that he would only be known by his surname. So that is his surname, right? His surname. His actual name. It's got to be Greg. I bet it's Greg. Uh, slightly. Oh, that's a great dog name. Um, Stephen <laughs> Patrick Morrissey. Stephen Patrick Morrissey, yeah. Known mononymously, mononymously, yeah, I said that right, as Morrissey. Other mononymous names? Me. Cher. Matt. Madonna. <laughs> I think you're Matt Stewart, or is that one word? That's one word, Oh, yeah. gotcha, 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 gotcha. Um, yeah, and he, like, refuses to be referred to as anything else, although the guitarist, um, what's his name? Ma? John Ma? Johnny Ma. Johnny Ma. Uh, in the early days, used to call him Moz or Moza. Uh, which he also hated. <laughs> people, you still hear people refer to him as Moz, probably pejoratively. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I Taking I was at a f- music festival in Austin, Texas, in nice. 2013 called Fun 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 Festival. Cool. And Johnny Marr played at it, and I at that point I'd still. I mean, if I was there now, I would have gone and seen him. But I, I 
I just didn't have the interest and didn't really know it was a big deal or whatever. No. But I was in the comedy tent and Patton Oswalt was on. I'm pretty sure it was Patton Oswalt. And then Johnny Marr started bleeding in through the tent. Yeah. Patton Oswalt was like, whoa, that's Johnny Marr now. He's here <laughs> at this festival playing live. He said, what are you doing watching me? Go watch Johnny Marr. <laughs> he couldn't believe it. And then he was like, all right, if you could, those of you staying, I'll do some comedy, but. Honestly, if if I was you, I'd go see Johnny Marr, <laughs> and then so you know, good. ten minutes had passed or something, and he uh, he'd hear an opening riff to a, a Smith song. He's like, he's oh my god, he's playing Smith's <laughs> songs. Well, honestly, get up and go get... there now. What a ledge! He was so annoyed by us watching him, <laughs> and I and looking back, I'm like, I probably should have done what he said, but um, he's cool though. I like him. Heard he's a, bit... a nice fellow. Yeah, I, I was just like, oh look, it's. Sitting in a tent watching all these big name American comedians was kind of fun as well. Not bad, not bad. Um, so they're they're from the English. We know that uh, from Stratford, which is part of. I think they're from like Manchester yeah, as a that's general right. general area, but that's quite a large area. I have recently learnt. Dave and I and Jess, when we're on tour for Do Go On. Um, Maybe last year. Yeah, was it a or, year ago now? I think I saw yeah. you guys posting. We d- we went twice. I got, no, it was actually the first two. So a couple of years ago, and we uh, we did a show in Manchester. And then because Dave is a big fan, he recognised all these uh, Smiths like places of interest. Oh, really? And one of them was the I want to say it wrong. Um, uh, it was a lads club. Anyway, we, a lads club. Uh, and they one of the album covers was. Uh, taken out the Salford Lads Club, and so we we were standing out the front to get a photo there, and uh, it's from the cover of the Queen is Dead, which I think is one of their one of their big albums. Yes, and so the album covers out the front of the Salford Leeds Lads Club, and we were out there getting a photo, and then this old fellow popped out and he said, "Oh, you Smiths fans, are you?" And Dave's like, "Yeah, I am." <laughs> and so he he brought us in, he gave us the tour, and he um. There was a, a Smith's room in there. And we bought wow. T-shirts and yeah, it was a real fun. Uh, yeah, it was a cool time. Cute. Uh, we signed the wall. You could sign, take a. I think he had a little camera and took a photo, and then you'd sign your photo or something. Maybe we just signed the wall. Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> sign the wall. Bit Love of bloody it. fun. Cool. Uh, I'll po- I'll give one of uh, those photos to you to post. Yep. I just wrote myself a note. About it. Nice. Um, Anyway, you're telling us about the Smiths and how they came up in Manchester. In uh, in 1978, uh, Morrissey was 19 and was introduced to the 14-year-old Johnny Marr. Um, 1978, the same year that Cold Chisel formed, Midnight Oil formed. What a year. Amazing. Except that they didn't form that year. They just met that year. It's a big big year in rock. Um, at At a Patti Smith gig. Held it, Manchester. Ah, nice one. Apollo Theatre. Um, but it wasn't until 1982 that Johnny Marr decided that he wanted to start a band or start a new band. I think he'd been clicking around in some stuff. Went to Morrissey's house uh, and was like, hey, mate, you want to uh, be in a band with me? And Morrissey was like, yes. <laughs> uh, and then they i think they went through they went through a whole bunch of uh bassists maybe in the early days where they couldn't uh i think Johnny Marr and Morrissey were very much like the leads of the band in terms of like musical direction styling but also a lot of the business decisions and right. a lot of people a lot of their uh you know ex i was going to say ex staff members uh didn't like that so uh there's a bit of a Tension. Right. Um, their first public performance was in October of 1982 um, as a support act for Blue Rondo a la Turk. Blue which, Rondo a la Turk. An early 80s British musical ensemble whose music featured elements of salsa, pop and cool jazz. That is interesting. Um, and then... It wasn't until 1983, I think it was, that they released their first single. Um, And again, it was a kind of decision that Johnny Meyer and Morrissey made. So the band was like, oh, oh, we've got a single out. Oh, cool. Um, They signed uh, the contract for a rehearsal space. They signed a 
um, contract for a record label. Just the two of them signed it on behalf of the rest of the band. So a lot of discussion about like, um, you know, pay, for example, wasn't kind of brought up with a lot of it. Um, Which is why uh, the Smiths only ended up being together for about five years, which I also only learnt yeah, this week. I, I just realised that this week too, that that was such a brief period. Um, but they released like four albums in that time, I think. Yeah. Um, which out. is pretty uh, just, What we're finding is just how they did it back then. It was every year every albums year. were released. Rihanna did that. Rihanna, Rihanna. She released like nine albums in nine years and then she took a break. Yeah, right. That, you know what? Well deserved. She also released a very successful beauty line called Fenty. Okay. Fun fact. We're not here to learn about Rihanna. If you want to do that, listen to the Do Go On episode <laughs> about Rihanna. Oh, did you do a Rihanna episode? Yeah. Sick. I'll listen to that later. Because I would like to learn about Rihanna. Well, you should. You should listen to that episode. <laughs> listen now. King Gizzard just released a new album today. They cool. release more they than release, one <laughs> Yeah, they release like every two months just about. Yeah, they're freaks. That's cool, though. I, I like this guy, Daniel uh, Romero. He is the same, just... At least one a year, wow. often more. Yeah, you wonder how bands can do that. Um, a lot of creative talent, a lot of inspiration. Mm. Um, <clears throat> so their first album was self-titled. Uh, went to number two on the UK album charts, which was pretty cool. Had a lot of controversy with some suggestive lyrics that were claimed to be about supporting uh, pedophilia which the band, the band strongly denied and was like, it's not even about children, you dickhead. <laughs> oh, no. Um, but that obviously made it a bit more, um, a bit bit harder for them to kind of keep popularity when parents are like, oh. The pedo band. Yeah, the pedo band. So is Daniel Romano. I said Romero. Different person. <laughs> Daniel Romero might have been a Western Bulldogs player in the 90s. Oh, yeah. Any good? No, that was Jose Romero. Oh, my God. Forget about it. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> Can you put them in a, like a Venn diagram of how their names cross over, please? Okay. Um, just, a, just a thought. Um, and then so Meat is Murder, which is today's episode, uh, is their second album, which they released in 1985. Um, it was a significantly more political album um, with uh, including a pro-vegetarian title track, Meat is Murder, obviously. Um, Morrissey's actually been a vego since he was 11, I think I saw. And then, uh, within the last 15 years announced that he was uh, vegan. So that's, um, some pretty strong decisions that he's made and he's managed to stick to it, which is pretty impressive. I strong recall. decisions. <laughs> Ever, who's not vegan a- these days? Come on, Morrissey. It's a <coughs> hack move. <coughs> Eat some meat. That'd be badass. <laughs> Go to McDonald's, you idiot. <laughs> Um, and Meat is Murder was a very, very, very successful uh, album. It's been ranked uh, by Rolling Stone numerous times as one of the greatest albums right. ever. Um, it's frequently added uh, into lists about uh, one of those albums you must hear before you die, which I can now tick off because yep. I definitely would have listened to Ready to die. To it. <laughs> yeah. After listening to this album, We're here I'm now. ready to die. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> In fact, during uh, listening to it. Du- <laughs> Nah, good on him. That was a good, pretty good album. It would have um, been, probably was pretty, it would have been quite political back in the 80s to yeah. be going, like, vegetarian stuff. Yep. Um, he's, he's, I don't, it would be very uncontroversial now if someone released. Yeah, people are like, album. yeah, okay, yeah. great. McDonald's do <laughs> vegan burgers. Yeah, no one's asking about your diet, bro. No one cares. <laughs> I drink soy milk now. Well, good for fucking you. I drink oat milk now, actually. Oat milk's good. I like oat milk. And it's the least harmful to the environment. Is that true? Which I'm, you know. Oh, I here we go, Sam, banging Ooh. on about it. <laughs> I had oat milk on my oats this morning. I'm like, it's, I'm like okay? am I? <laughs> it's like having egg and chicken in a sandwich. Yeah, this, I'm like, is this, is this, is this all right? okay? <laughs> is this ethically okay to have oat milk on oats? <laughs> yeah. Oat on oats. Oat on oats. Oat. Uh, the it's cover. Like, it's like drinking, <laughs> it's like eating um, chicken nuggets drenched in the blood of chicken. Is that what it's like? Um, oat milk is basically oat blood. Oh, if you think about it. That's gross. Is it like eating a sandwich while drinking a beer? Because that's both wheat products. Oh, my God. 
That'd yep. be hard Nailed to do. it. <laughs> Very hard to do. That'd be smushy. Well, I'm not keen for that. No. Um, the cover art from the album is a 1967 photograph of an American Marine, Corporal Michael Wynn, uh, which was taken in Vietnam. Um, the wording on his helmet was actually make war, not love, but they changed it to meet his murder for the album, for the album cover. Make war, not love. It's pretty fun. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I, they, that great, great a, idea. What a good name for the album. <laughs> Make war, not love. Make war, not love. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck your peace, you hippie. Um, and yeah, then Morrissey just kind of, in in their growing popularity, gained a lot more attention because of his uh, strong political stances on a lot of things. Um, hated Margaret Thatcher. Um, hated the monarchy. I say hated. I mean hate. He's still alive. Um, and was very happy to. Uh, throw his opinion out in any interview. You know, they'd be like, how's your new album? And he would bring up his political stance and just about everything in that interview. Like he he is a very strongly opinionated man and he was very happy to let the world know about it. How do you know Morrissey hates Thatcher? Don't worry, he'll tell you. <laughs> Zing. Um, yeah, and then, yeah, so we're at uh, Meat is Murder. Should we? Yeah, well, I found an article because... I wanted to find a positive review, uh, which isn't too hard for any of these classic albums, but I think I accidentally was reading out one that was kind of bitchy recently. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Was that for the Hughie? Was that for the Hughie album? I might have been album? for Hughie. Jeez. You were like, poor Hughie. Some dogs. He's managed to get into every episode since, though. Oh, good for him. He's our patron saint of the <laughs> 80s. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to do some shit Photoshop of that. Hughie. Note to self. Uh, so I found an article. This is from 2011. Uh, by Catherine Viner on theguardian.com. My favourite album, Meat is Murder by the Smiths. Uh, so they they were doing a series where their writers would all do an article about their favourite album, and this is what Catherine wrote. I'll read as much of it before you get bored. Uh, said, it would, it would be easy to be appalled by the Smiths if you came across them now. There is Morrissey's tendency for unpleasant little Englander outbursts, his laddie gang of followers, suede-headed meatheads with football terrace chants, and worst of all, David Cameron's repeated claim that they're one of his favourite bands. (laughs) Which they would have been the prime minister at the time. They hate uh, Morrissey was very against him when he was in power too. Oh, right. So that probably killed him that he's like... I don't know who that would have hurt more, actually. Morrissey knowing that David Cameron likes his music or David Cameron knowing that <laughs> Morrissey hates him. I, I imagine David Cameron must have probably guessed at that. I, don't, I didn't realise. So Morrissey's... I wouldn't have been surprised if you said he was a big Queen lover somehow, but he's obviously... I mean, he had an album called The Queen Is Dead and... Uh, I mean, that would hint to me otherwise. But people say he's very controversial, right, his he opinions. Is. I don't know how. I haven't paid any attention to how, but... Uh, I I was wondering, I wouldn't have been surprised by anything. I, th- I think he has contradictory thoughts on stuff maybe. There, yeah, and there's been, he's had comments that have been more on the racist or uh, I think racism's probably his. Right. Bit, the biggest of the controversies. Yeah, so it, it, it's it's interesting, yeah. Um, but he's also, he's, he. You'd um, think he'd love the queen and <laughs> the family. Aren't they <laughs> quite famously racist, allegedly? Allegedly. Well, at least the queen's husband, I think, is pretty. Uh, the queen's husband, who is her second cousin. Hey, what? You have you got a problem with cousins now? Yes, fuck cousins. No, that's what, they, <laughs> that's what they did, and that's what got him in all that trouble <laughs> in the first place. That's why uh, Charles looks the way he does, too. Yeah, well, that's how everyone looks the way they do because their parents. Uh, Boned. This That's, isn't a science episode, Isn't Matt. it a science episode? <laughs> Next we'll be doing maths. God. <laughs> what is This is what COVID's done to us. Uh, anyway, so <laughs> back to this article that's talking about how the <laughs> Catherine Viner loves this album. Um, uh, from a distance, the Smiths look unlovable, safe, and strangely considering Morrissey's gladioli. Gladioli, that's a flower he was famously sort of used to. Oh. Wave around on stage, or probably still does, hmm. um, considering Morrissey's gladioli wielding androgyny overwhelmingly male. Well, they were none of those things at the time. If you're a teenager in the 80s, perhaps, what were the chances? Misunderstood and alone in a fraying household in a northern city with only books and records to save you? Well, 
you might have fallen for them too. I think she might be talking about herself there. I think that might be a little bit of a uh, revealing. <clears throat> Interesting, she says, uh, the album I've chosen is 1985's Meat is Murder. The Smiths' eponymous debut is their most astonishing record. The Queen is Dead is their best, but Meat is Murder is my favourite. Isn't that interesting? The wow. Three of the four albums she's called, um, one's the most astonishing, one is their best, but the other one is her favourite. That poor fourth one probably feels a bit neglected. The fourth one was, I think, Johnny Marr left before that. So I don't... I, oh. wonder, I wonder if some people, sort of like The Clash's last album, some people maybe don't see it as a real Smith's yep. album. I don't know that for sure. Yep. But, um, but she calls Meter's Murder freewheeling, exciting, political, um, with Morrissey's words and Marr's music interlacing perfectly. It starts as if in the middle of something. You're already part of this. Meter's Murder <laughs> is local and British from the first line. Belligerent ghouls run Manchester schools and expresses fury at a kind of school life that has been forgotten. When the album was released, corporal punishment was still illegal. It wasn't banned until the following year in 1986. Wow. And everyone had a particularly sadistic teacher like Morrissey's spineless swines. (laughs) Mine was Miss Grant, who had a flat bat on which she had chalked two faces, one happy and one down in the mouth. If the smiling face was showing... The bat would be hitting someone that day. Oh, Holy wow. Shit. Uh, the brilliantly titled Barbarian Begins at Home, during which Morrissey yelps as if in pain, is also about children being hit. A crack on the head is what you get for asking, is a quote from the song. Wow. Uh, there's a lot of violence in the Smiths. Uh, Rush Home Ruffians with Johnny Marr's Rockabilly Riff is about Manchester too and makes the city home of much of the history of... British feminism, socialism, vegetarianism, and the guardians sound exciting. Lots of ism. Uh, a place where things happen. Who wouldn't want to be a ruffian from Rush Home? I was from the <laughs> other side of the Pennines, but pilgrimages to the city because of the Smiths gave me style. Old men's coats from Affleck's Place, the secondhand clothes and record emporium that opened in 1982, rare Smiths 12 inches. Uh, what difference does it make with Morrissey on the front instead of Terence Swamp? Photo of the front of Salford Lads Club, chance meetings with Morrissey's ex-girlfriend, artist Linda Sterling, oh. working in Deansgate Waterstones, the Waterstones, and just a little bit a sense of possibility. It's a full record of yearning, the humiliating obviousness of when you want something, low expectations, the melodrama of youth, and romance, and she gives quotes from all the songs. I reckon, oh, it's, well, I'll read this one last thing. It's also funny. I like to drop my trousers to the Queen, sings Morrissey on Nowhere Fast. Every sensible child will know what this means. The poor and the needy are selfish and greedy on her terms. That's funny stuff. It's hilarious. It's hard to hear the song without <laughs> I can wondering. see why your ex-girlfriend thought he was so funny. <laughs> it's hard to hear the song without wondering if Morrissey is already on only his second album, parodying himself. If the, <laughs> if the day came when I felt a natural emotion, I'd get such a shock, I'd probably jump in the ocean. There was an, there was, the line that stood out the most to me on the album was um, uh, that I'm like, I don't know if this is good or awful. And there's a few lines like that. Uh, yep. it's, uh, it was something like, um, it was getting dark as I drove the point. <laughs> it was getting dark as I drove the point home. Yes. Like, is that good or I feel not? Like, I'm not sure. So, firstly, I'm impressed that you were able to understand what he was saying <laughs> at all because there's a lot that I'm like... <laughs> uh, but he's got some, like, pretentiousness wank about him that I just can't help but dislike. Oh, dislike. I wasn't sure which way you were going to go there. <laughs> you know me. Love but a pretentious wanker. It, that's exactly who... It, that's all of him, isn't it? Right. It's, he's sort of like one of the... Like the archetypes of a pretentious wanker, isn't yeah. he? Yeah. He's like, I am so intelligent. You probably haven't read this book that I've read that I'm now going to discuss with you anyway. Yeah. But I mean, I don't know. He's yeah. the, he is the exact type of bloke that would be like, oh, you've never heard of the Smiths? Oh, you must listen to the radio. Like one of those ones. Yeah, right. <laughs> that's, that's have, you vibe. Da- have you that's dealt with these sort of people? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Should we start going through the tracks? We've done a lot yeah. of talking and not a lot of listening. Not a lot of hey? listening. Two of these, one of these. Now. Use them in that <laughs> ratio. You're the school teachers that he's talking about right now. Yeah. 
Well, yeah, I think that sounds a bit more patient than just smacking them. watching, ears are listening, mouths are closed. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. So here is the opening track, The Headmaster Ritual. It does sound, I think in your article, she said it, it sounds like it starts in the middle of... Yeah, it just gets it does. right It's just it, like, it? yeah, it's like we've just jumped in halfway, which I don't, I don't hate. I like that. Uh, I like the bass throughout this album. Yeah, it's funky. One of the it's, uh, it's employees so of the band, as you call them. The employees. <laughs> One of the staff members. You never even mentioned them. That's how a little... Yeah, I was just flicking through extra oh. notes, and um, Morrissey and Ma got 40% of the royalties each, while right. the other two members of the band got 10%, 10% each. Andy Rourke was the bass player uh, for the first three albums, including this one. Oh. And on drums was Mike Joyce. Joyce. And there was a couple other players briefly... Yeah, that's just kind of dotted around the starts and the ends. But it was, yeah, it was pretty consistent. I mean, it wasn't a, a long... And then it looks like uh, Johnny Marr left... Um, late 80s, I yeah. think? But, I mean, they broke up in the late 80s, so... <laughs> oh, no, Johnny Marr was on the final album. Jeez. It took me too long to correct that one. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> People would have been furious. <laughs> Someone was halfway through a letter to us. <laughs> People would have been absolutely furious. <laughs> I was basing that off a, a graph that had Johnny Marbin replaced by Ivor Perry. Oh, I love those graphs on Wiki. Oh, yeah, yeah, they're very handy, but in this case, it probably sold me a pup. Wow. Um, sorry about that, Smith's diehards. Dave. I look forward to the retraction email. <laughs> Alright, so that's probably enough for that one. So that's the opening track. Oh, it was a, a good solid track. Good, then, uh, good opener. Then it was into Rush Home Ruffians. It's a bouncier sort of one. Bit of reggae. This is a, a beachy track again. Mm. Like English summer. Yeah, I read in a um, description of them. It was like 60s uh, 60s like beach rock mixed with like new wave England. Right. I was yeah, like, that that's pretty. Sense. But they were like super anti the um the synthesizer pop that was right. in, in vogue at the time. Yeah. No, 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 no. It's got this. Even though it's got nice bass lines, it's sort of not a very like the sound isn't big and bassy. No. It's just like a it's got it's, a kind of thin tinny sound for the most part. Tinny is a good word. Which is the kind of 80s uh, production style that I'm not really into. Yeah. I mean, it's one of many elements of 80s production that I don't like, but... Tinny, no good. But it's interesting, like you're saying, it's this was... I think that would have been quite influential. But it it is the opposite of a lot of overproduced 80s music. Mm-hmm. They're like, you know what? We don't need someone to do that for us. We'll just slam it together. Is this the one where he's like, no? Yeah. This, I will say, I um, we talked about it earlier, I think, maybe before we were recording, but this has been the hardest album to listen to. Mm. Because, like, you know, I I am comfortable with what I know. So usually if, it's, if I know a track or two on an album... I'm more likely to enjoy the whole thing, whereas yeah. this one... I think that's pretty standard. That's why singles exist. It's True. to give people an in to an album. Yep. Uh, and I, I think that totally makes sense. It is harder work to get into an album when you've got no obvious in. Mm. But 
I've be I've become more and more used to that as time's gone on because yeah. I'll just dive into albums. Yep. But uh, yeah, this one so far has been the hardest one for me to get into. Yeah. It took me quite. I I didn't like it the first Five three or four times. times I played it, and then I'm like, all of a sudden it just clicked, and I'm like, I kind of like nearly every song on this yeah. album. All of a sudden, but weird. Like, I can't differentiate between the songs. Okay. Like, if you played me any song and it was like, where does this fall in the album or do you know what this oh, one's called? I would say no. Because the, they all sound very similar, except the last one because it's very slow. It, it does slow right down. But I think, I mean, to me, they all sound quite unique. But uh, I do get what you mean as well. I think the style is different on each of them. This one's so different from the first one. Mm. Like I said, it's got that bouncier style. It's a bit bouncier, yeah. Track three is I want the one I can't have. It's bounty again. Love this that. sounds like very jangly like beachy. Yeah, jangly. That's such a good word for it. It's a the I, want, I don't know who was doing it first, but there's a whole Australian scene um, loves that jangle pop. Yep. And I think it goes back to the eighties. Yep. Uh, but it's. There's, a, there's been like a resurgence over the last 10 years or something. There's a, a lot of jangly pop bands. Yeah, I love that. I do like that that sort of guitar sound. I imagine it's it does feel like it probably was an English thing that influenced the, the Australian scene, I'm guessing. Yeah. Beach scenes. And New Zealand, I think, also had quite a, a prominent scene in this sort of style. I'm absolutely talking out my arse. <laughs> these are vague memories I have. But yeah, I like this one too. But like I said, all of a sudden I just kind of liked all the songs. Yep. And then you get to a point where you can differentiate them so much that you start disliking songs again yeah, because yeah. you're so familiar. That's like the that's the general cycle of an album, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Though often the ones that are the hardest to get into, they once you do get into them, you love them more than the ones that were easy to get mm. into. It's weird. Uh, yeah, but I, there's no huge standouts to me on this album. I no. don't think. But that one, uh, uh, was pretty, this is a track for What She Said. Another cool guitar sound. Pretty epic. I'd love to hear this produce a real chunky. Yeah, that'd be cool. You turned up. And maybe with a uh, different singer. <laughs> <laughs> I, w- I would love to hear it with a different vocalist, like a different style vocalist yes. altogether. Because I think it would just change the whole... I mean, obviously it'll change the sound because it's a literal different sound, but even, like, genre-wise, I feel like it could change it. I think, just listening to this now, again, I reckon this is this is one of my favourites. I did message Dave... Because we've been... This is going to be the next episode for so long yeah. that I'd, I've been listening to it for ages. I messaged Dave a while back, sort of, going, I finally think I've gotten into the smiths was he excited uh yeah he said i'm glad i'm glad uh oh i didn't know yeah this isn't one of the ones i mentioned but i think the next track is one that i said to him at the time that was the standout which is called that joke isn't funny anymore This is the one with the. It was dark as I drove the point home line. <laughs> I think it is. Jo- I think Johnny Marr is the guy who makes them great. Yeah. I wonder if there's probably a thing in Smith's culture that'd be like the Morrissey fans and the Johnny Marr fans. Yeah. And the other, that each of them blame the other for breaking <laughs> yeah. up the band. So as the danger when it's a, a two-headed beast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a cracking tune. The music's so beachy. Yeah. 
I never, I never connected with beachiness until you mentioned it, and yeah. now it's all I can hear. Yeah. Pam Morrissey's vocals just makes it the English beach. <laughs> yeah, but it, now it's, it's sounding to me like you could hear this in the you know the dry Australian summer as well, even. Dragon. I'm just, I'm just picturing this line out in a field somewhere <laughs> around the dead grass. Red dirt. There it is. Uh, track six is Nowhere Fast. Oh, Another this bouncy one. This, one. Yeah, this one's fun. There's that funny line about dropping the trousers, was it? To the queen. To the queen. Imagine. Imagine doing that. Very amusing. <laughs> so funny. Morrissey. That sort of that it's such a cheesy yeah, there was that line <laughs> We've got three tracks to go. We've got Well I Wonder, track seven. This whole album's only like 40 minutes, isn't it? Yeah, 39. Love that. Not going to lie, it felt longer when I was listening to it for the first yeah, few right. times. <laughs> like to the point where That's I was probably... checking how far into a song it was. Because I'm like, is this? I think it's because the last two tracks are the longest two tracks. Oh. So it probably feels like it drags late. And the last song is the, like, the mm. slowest one. <laughs> That's classic Morris. Well, His vibrato is fantastic though. The wavy voice, as I prefer to call it. <laughs> what did you call it before? Fluttering your hands in the air. <laughs> Flutter your hands in the air like you just don't care. Like you just don't care. It's got like some like, real 50s like love pop. Oh, yeah. Don't you reckon? Like, oh, ding, yeah, ding, yeah, yeah. Ding, ding. Uh, so then, track eight, another one of my favorites, I reckon. Barbarianism begins at home. That's this one, I thought, is the most 80s sound. Yeah, totally. I think there's, like, one thing that I will give to the Smiths on this album is I think a lot of the music is very, like, timeless sounding. Yeah. And maybe because, like, you know, we were talking about overproduction earlier. Maybe because it doesn't have that huge overproduction to it, it kept it more timeless. I think, yeah, whenever you really dive deep into the trends, mm. you're always going to date yourself badly. Yep. But yeah, this one was the one that was like most obviously 80s to me, whereas others I reckon you could have slotted elsewhere through time and I wouldn't I have what that questioned is. it. Yeah, maybe it's that bass. And it, it's a... I reckon it's the bass line that's making it 80. Yeah. The fake whip crack. <laughs> that's that's good. <laughs> oh, there you go. Crack he was underpaid, head. the bass player. Yeah, he only got 10%. Whoop. Yeah, I think it is the bass. Maybe even like the little chug chug of the guitar. And then it finishes with the title track, Meat is Murder, which um, uh, the reviewer or the journalist Catherine Viner, uh, I'll just read this paragraph she says in her article. And then right at the end, the title track, a great political song and the best ever written about animal rights. Even famous vegetarian Paul McCartney, who has written tracks about the British in Northern England, uh, sorry, Northern Ireland, 
revolutionary politics and 9-11, has never written a song about vegetarianism. He once told me he'd always found it curiously hard to commit one to paper, even though he'd tried, and that he greatly admired the Smith's effort. Meet his murder's sinister opening, full of strange noises that conjure up an abattoir, moves into a terrible, beautiful melody. The carcass you carve with a smile, it is murder, and the turkey you festively slice, it is murder. <laughs> the song made me stop eating meat, and I haven't eaten it since. Holy wow. shit. Wow. You go, oh, music doesn't change the world. I guess it... Fucking... At least... Yeah, that's amazing. That's a big um, effect. And she finishes her article saying, Sometimes I wonder if a love affair with the Smiths is an 80s self-absorbed teenage thing, something you grow out of. Perhaps when the day comes that you'd feel a natural emotion. But those witty, thoughtful lyrics, that beautiful guitar, an album containing the great line, a double bed and a stalwart lover for sure, these are the riches of the poor. It's a wonderful thing. <laughs> anyway, let's hear that uh, powerful political song that made Catherine Viner stop eating meat. Meat is murder. Is that really... Brings to mind an abattoir. The only noise that I did think was funny was the cows milling, and now that actually does make a lot of sense why it's there. <laughs> did not connect the dots. <laughs> Such an idiot. <laughs> what do cows have to do with meat? <laughs> <laughs> They're different, right? It's actually reminded me, my best friend, best friend mate, Megan, grew up in a tiny, tiny town north of Albury called Burrumbuttock, and over the fence, uh, over her back fence was a farm that had cows on it, and she had this recurring nightmare of a cow that had a whole bunch of balloons tied to its tail that would just, like, float up in front of her and kick her in the face. Like, recurring nightmares. So every time I hear cows mooing, I'm like, ah, oh, this must a- have been sleeping in Burrumbuttock times. I don't think that was a that wasn't a nightmare. That was a message. <laughs> Stop eating me! Right in the kisser. It's a good, yeah, minute fifty before he, the vocals kick in. Yeah. Get in touch if uh, listening to this now makes you stop eating meat forever. (laughs) Keep us posted. Powerful. Yeah, it is a it's a gloomy tune, which makes sense. It's a a gloomy topic, but uh, I don't mind it. I don't mind it. Um. Yeah, so that is, that's the album. That's Meat is Murder. Nine tracks, 39 minutes. Not bad. What do you reckon? How do you, yeah, how do you, how do you rate out of 80? I really need, have you collated all my other ratings? I need you to do that before, (laughs) because I'm I'm flying blind here. These are all such made up numbers. They are. I need to see. This was your marking system. Yeah, but I'm okay with the system if you, if you. You start showing us what... You haven't put anything less than 40%. 40 out of 80, I should say. Right. Oh, no, I haven't even gone near that, I don't think. No. I think the lowest thing we've given anything was you giving something 40. Yeah, what was that? It was. I was just a bit meh about it. Yeah, I can't remember. Can't might have been Nin. Was it Nin? It might have been Nin. Oh, it might have been Dire Straits, actually. Yeah. Because I do not particularly enjoy their tunage. Yeah. Um. I. I think I'd give this... You know, I enjoyed it. Uh, like I said, I didn't enjoy it for a, a little while. And then yeah. I'm, now I, I'm happy to listen to it. But it, it, it's, a, it's still overall, a kind of, even though it sounds beachy in that mm. to you and maybe it does a bit to me now mm. as well, but still to me is a bit of a bummer of an album. It is. I don't feel, uh, I don't feel up and about after it. And that's usually when I'm listening to music. I like to 
feel good emotions. Yeah, right. I guess it, it, it's what, like there's an album for all mm. emotions <laughs> and times and feelings. But yeah, so I'd say I, I, for what it is, I, I quite like it. And I'd say absolutely plucking a number out of thin air. I don't know why I'm putting the pressure on you to collate the numbers. <laughs> like I, don't, I couldn't, I'm not going to go back and listen to old episodes. Can you? <laughs> oh, I'll skip through them to um, find the bit. So I think I'm going to say uh, the number that's coming to my mind is 63. 63. 79, 63. <laughs> I don't know why that is, but. 63, good, good number. two numbers in a line. Uh, I Had you asked me at the very start, like after I'd given it a couple of listens, I would have said it's trash 20. Yeah. Uh, but I listened to it enough that I did enjoy it in, a, in some sick way. Uh, and I definitely liked it more than the 40 I gave Dire Straits. So I'm going to give it a 45. 45. Also, 45, oh, 45 is a nice number. It just rolls off your tongue. Do you reckon? It's a good, no- that's 40, a good number. Did you just lose your voice? It's a musical number. 45. Yeah. <laughs> Finally, my balls are dropping. <laughs> Congratulations. <clears throat> oh, hello. Oh, thank God. Um, Sick of talking with that <laughs> high-pitched voice. Um, uh, speaking of balls, though. Listen now. <laughs> listen now. Um, yeah, speaking of balls. I'll give you my fun fact for uh, for the Smiths. Yeah, great. Um, they broke up in the late 80s and have never got back together since, despite being offered uh, $5 million for an album, $75 million for a 50-date tour. Uh, and Morrissey in 2006 declared, I would rather eat my own testicles than reform the Smiths. And that's saying something for a vegetarian. That's yeah. a fun fact. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. I, I, I don't. I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have even considered eating your own testicles as breaking vegetarianism. Uh, but yeah, I, guess, I mean, it's self cannibalizing. Does mm. that? I mean, if you ate someone else's testicles, does that count as eating meat? But yeah. if it's your own meat, if it's your own meat, Morrissey, buddy, it's your own <laughs> meat. Yeah. Have at it. Your own meat is your own murder, my bro. Hey, and my if dude. you just live through it, it's not murder. True. So it's just an unfortunate event that has happened in, in your own life. Creating too much life at this stage. <laughs> so just if that's if that's you subtly asking for our permission, you have at it. Do you, buddy? Uh, no, that is a very fun. Also, fact. someone has characterised him as the Pope of Mope, and that <laughs> is fantastic. That's great. <laughs> Moz, the Pope of Mope. He kind of looks like Joaquin Phoenix now. Yeah, right. Do you reckon? Cup that Joaquin. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, the only thing we've got left to do is the letters bag. Any letters to Alan this week? We got a letter. Or this last couple this... month or whatever it's been. <laughs> we got one two weeks after our last episode, which is about 18 years ago, <laughs> um, from our mate Herbert Covington, who I believe is a... Uh, the detective. The detective, a solid uh, do-go-oner. Do-go-on is Matt's other podcast, one of. Um, check him out on all the socials. Uh, hey, Matt and Sam, it's been so good to hear you guys chat about music again. Sorry that you had to wait another, uh, what are we up, month since you wrote this. Sorry, Herbert. Sorry, detective. Uh, I know the episodes have been hard to churn out with the virus and all, so I really appreciate y'all's hard work in bringing your hilarious podcast as well as introducing us to new music uh, across the world. Uh, yeah, so far, my favourite app. music from 1985. <laughs> the 80s have just got to <laughs> Melbourne. Uh, so far, my favourite app has been Huey Lewis, oh, your mate. Nice. Um, the third. The third. Hugh Clegg. Huey Craig. Craig. Huey Craig the third. Uh, this was surprising because my retail job ruined Huey by shoving <laughs> singles down my throat. Uh, so when I saw the first app was on him, I thought, well, I'll enjoy the episode, but I probably won't listen to the album. But in typical fashion, you guys swayed me, and now I can't stop <laughs> bumping, walking on a thin line. That's something about him. I don't. I know he. Yeah, I don't know. He's a damn catchy bastard. <laughs> He'd appreciate it since he got ragged on so much. Uh, can't wait to listen now again. Thanks, the detective. Appreciate it. Cheers. Uh, and thanks to all the lovely comments uh, this week who uh, were saying that they were excited to know that we're back in the studio after our accidental hiatus. Uh, made me feel really good about it. Sorry, y'all, but I uh, appreciate it. 
Yeah, thanks everybody. And I think uh, to streamline things now, we're going to have, rather than the email address, don't worry about that anymore. Just, I mean, if you email there, I'm sure Sam will still check it, but <laughs> there's a link to a little form to fill out now, which will just make it easy, easy for us to track the messages. So if you've got any comments about anything at all, really, if you just want to tell us your favorite album of the 80s or favorite album of all time or anything uh, any cool stories from concerts? Yeah, or any comments on albums we've been going through uh, so far in the 80s. We're um, just happy for a chat. Just click on the link in the show notes and Sam will read that out on a future episode. Uh, but yeah, that's pretty much all we've got time for today here at Listen Now. So that leaves us with nothing else to say except for goodbye, Astrid. Goodbye. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you. Okay, so you've stayed to the very end, which means you want to know what next week's uh, episode is going to be about. And uh, like I said, I'll just give you the first lyrics of the album. And they are, see the sound. It crashes in all around. It gets in. Now take your hands and raise them up into the air. That's all around you. <laughs> now bring them down <laughs> like a clock at two. <laughs> Shake your head. You know what to do. They want to put guns in the sky. Someone out there ain't going to like it. <laughs> <laughs> See you then. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.